It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. It's time for X and O Quick Hits with the man who does all the film over at JetsXFactor.com, hosting Blewett's Blitz, our buddy Joe Blewett. Joe, what's going on, man? Uh, As you know, I just put up a three-plus-hour podcast. Uh, The film came (laughs) out real late this week, so it was a grind. Um, And as I think, I don't know if you texted me first, if you like it, if you initiated the conversation, be like, oh, have fun with the film this week. So I appreciate you taking some jabs at me. But uh, hopefully it gets a little bit better from week one because I don't know if I can handle 15 more more week one performances from the Jets. Um, but like I said, I said on my podcast, like, let's reevaluate the young guys. That's the most important thing. But obviously those games will make it very easy to listen to Jets podcast, watch film, etc. That's for sure. And what we're hoping for is that on a given week, we can turn to you and say, Joe, tell us all about how you watched the film and Sam Darnold looked awesome and how we could be so excited for him going into the future. But I don't think that was the case with this game. Watching on television, obviously, we saw Darnold struggle in a variety of different ways. You got to take a look at the All-22. Tell me what you saw. Was it as bad looking back at the film as it seemed first watching it on television? And then talk to me about the play calling. A lot of people wanted to make this about Adam Gase. And don't get me wrong. I think Gase deserves plenty of blame. I didn't think his play calling was anything good. But I feel like there are people that just don't want to place any blame on Darnold. So they're making it all about the play calling. I think at worst, it's sort of a combination. What did you get out of watching this film? Did you come away from this blaming Gase more, blaming Darnold more, maybe an even share? Yeah, it's, it's just so funny how people have to have it like so black and white where it's completely one or the other, where it can't be a combination of, okay, yeah, the receiver should have caught the ball, Donald should have thrown better balls, made better reads, and Gates should have called some mm-hmm. you know better uh, concepts, things like that. So it's just funny how it's one or the other. Um, but it's funny somebody literally, like I think a couple minutes ago, just commented on, on the video and was like, hey, I thought Donald played bad. Um, before watching this video and now I realize he played even worse. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was I was it was a really, 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 really bad game from Donald and that's the concern right now is that it, can he bounce back from this? And I think he can, you know, don't let's let's not get so down on him after one game. But the problem with him is now he's in his third year of his career, you're seeing the happy feet, you're seeing him not trust himself. Um, and there's not a lot of quarterbacks who come back from that happy feet type deal. And that's, you know, team ghost type stuff, which like I said, it was, was, uh, overblown when it wouldn't happen, but yeah, he was, he was really bad. Um, missing throws, obviously, you know, missed Perryman, missed Crowder, um, missed Herndon was shrieking down, you know, Crowder was shrieking down the sideline for an apparent touchdown. That wasn't really going to be a touchdown. Somebody said it would, 
of end, but there was, you know, 10 times out of 10, he would hit that throw if it was versus the Packers, versus the Texans, versus the Cowboys, versus the Giants, you know, from, from years in the past and just decided to not throw the ball. And then even worse, you know, uh, pile on the, the badness of that play and run out of bounds, taking a sack instead of just throwing the ball away, which is rookie mistakes. That's things that you really cannot do at the NFL level. Um, his feet were uneasy in the pocket. His, his base was too wide. His, his, his mechanics got even worse with, with throwing the ball just because his feet are so uneasy, not stepping into throws at all. Stepping in the bucket was exaggerated. Um, the mechanics were, were terrible. Um, you know, year one, year two, he might not have the best mechanics in terms of actually throwing the ball, but he was light on his feet, nice even base for this game. He was base was really wide, um, not transitioning his feet through his reads, which obviously, you know, you want to transition your feet, your shoulder, like get your shoulders pointed, get your whole way pointed through your reads. So you're ready to throw the ball away where Donald's face was, was wide and his, his eyes were flashing back and forth, but his face was staying in the same place, which is really not good because that makes the throw all arm. Uh, there was plenty of, of, of bad from, from Donald. It wasn't just missed throws. It was missed reads. Obviously, the Crowder interception, uh, he could have thrown that ball a little bit earlier and floated a little bit deeper, and it, and it could have been a catch, but he waited too long. Um, also on that, on that play, you had Bell, who was sitting um, down for a first down, and if he, was, if he was able to see that, slip his feet and fire a ball in there, Bell probably could have caught the ball for um, a first down. There was another ball that he forced to Perryman over the middle. I forget exactly what the concept was, but he forced the ball to Perryman. It was almost an interception because he put the ball um, in a spot in harm's way where if he, if he led Perryman to the inside, the defender was outside leverage on Perryman. Um, Perryman could have made a diving play for it, and it would have been a first down, but Sam Donald's accuracy was off, so he threw it to the middle um, of Perryman's chest and was almost picked off. There was a couple of plays. He could have had three or four interceptions this game. There's another ball that was tipped over the middle. Um, that wasn't able to get intercepted. So he could have easily had three or four um, picks this game. But for the stats people who look at the game, oh, 21 for 35, 215 yards, one touchdown, one reception. That's not that bad versus the Bills' you know, defense. But actually watching the film, it could have been much worse, obviously, if Crowder didn't have a 69-yard um, catch and run on a screen pass. He would have you know, had, what, like 120 yards or something like that, or 140 yards and – uh, no touchdowns, so it could have been a it could have been a lot a lot worse. So he played absolutely terribly, not seeing reads, not not making throws. He would have the accuracy was off, which some of it you could you might be able to contribute to. Obviously, no preseason, lack of reps. So like the accuracy things, I'm not super concerned about because he's shown us I think a large enough sample size to be pretty confident in his ability to move uh, move throw on the run things like that. So I, I think that will come. But the concerning thing was the the feet in the pocket the lack of trust in himself, still still forcing balls, not throwing balls away, taking sacks. It's all really concerning stuff. So, uh, yeah, he was really bad. This is one of the worst performances he's had. This is up there with the, the Patriots and the Jaguars. And uh, I believe the Dolphins game of last year was really bad like that too. But he needs to stop, you know, having these games. Like, he needs to make more of these bad games average and, and keep building on those good games and streak, you know, two, three, four, five good games together where it seems like Donald's like, Good game, bad game, good game, bad game. And that's not what you can – that's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I know, obviously, a part of that is the lack of weapons, the offensive line. But Donald was evading a pocket, you know, way too soon and getting antsy with the pocket relatively clean. Like, this this offensive line, um, for expectations of the limited, you know, offseason, the no uh, uh, training – or not the lack of training camp, the lack of preseason – um, the lack of continuity actually played pretty well, and he, you just saw him not trust him at all. And he's acting like he was playing behind the the line of last year and the year before, where this line actually took steps in the, in, in the right direction. So, 
Um, the pocket awareness wasn't there. The pocket movement was, wasn't there. The, the feet, the accuracy, the reads, it was just everything was just really bad. And uh, like I said, I, I just, you know, I, I did a three hour podcast and Donald was a pretty big chunk of it. So um, you can go there and check that out. But uh, after that Gates, yeah, there were some plays that weren't bad. And I, I agree with some of the people who, who do credit. And I'm, I'm trusting he's not, he's not great. I think his play calling is okay. Now there are times where, uh, or there were times where receivers were completely locked up where Donald really had nowhere to go. Like that third down uh, that Mackay Beckton let up his sack. You had two, you had a route cast, uh, concept to the right side of Donald that was deep that, you know, running, running a 15 plus yard route concept uh, on third and three, I believe it's third and three or third and four is not a good idea, especially against the defense and the bills. who likes to run cover four, uh two read palms type coverage uh, where it protects a lot against deeper routes. So they ran two deep routes over, um, over to the right side, the middle, the, the slot from the left side uh, was completely locked up, which I believe was uh, Hogan. And then you had uh, Bell out of the backfield on a check down who fell. So Donald literally had nowhere to go. So there were some route concepts I didn't like. Um, I think Gase is, is way too much of either really short round concepts with screens or deep route con- uh, deeper route concepts. Like there needs to be more mesh and drive and things like that. But uh, there were a couple of route concepts that were open. Like the one of the first plays was like a China concept where uh, Crowder was open on a on a uh, comeback where Donald, you know, bad footwork threw him too far outside. Uh, There's another route concept where it was a deep mesh concept where Perryman was streaking wide open with nobody within three four yards of him, which in the NFL is wide open, uh, and Perryman was missed by Donald. Like there was route concepts that worked, um, but I will criticize him a little bit for some of the ones he did run. I will also criticize him for some of the ones that he didn't run, which I agree with people. Get Donald on the move more and more play action, more boots, more half field reads to get Donald comfortable in a game he was clearly not comfortable. So you have to criticize him for that. But you know, get he got he got Bell on two wheel routes. The one Donald threw a seed um, perfectly. Perfect. It wasn't a seed actually because it wasn't on a rope or anything like that. But he he put it in there with perfect touch right in front of. Uh, Right in front of Bell, you also saw uh, saw Bell on another wheel route, which could have been a touchdown. But honestly, it looks where, like where Donald put it, it wouldn't have been a touchdown. Donald should have led where he was going, but it looked like he was going to float it up where Bell would have had uh, more of a contested catch and we got tackled out of bounds. So that was a bad throw by Donald, but a good concept by Gase to isolate a linebacker versus um, Bell. And I agree with some that Bell should be used more as a primary wide receiver because there's a difference between, you know, people look at just catches. Okay, well, how much has he used? Oh, he had this many catches. Well, catches aren't always equal because if, if he's the check down on those catches, then yeah, he got a catch, but he was a check down. He wasn't the primary on that. But if you have catches where you're the primary first, second read on a concept, then you're being used as a receiver. So I think there should have been more from that from Gase last year. But at the same time of that, there's kind of two evils with, with each because Bell, a couple times this game, and you saw him lay some really good blocks, uh, have really good awareness picking up blitzers. Um, on blitzes, so you take him out of the box now. The block for Darnold with a, a not great offensive line to run routes. Well, now you're lacking pass protection. So would you rather have the pass protection from Bell, or would you rather be out in routes? So it's kind of I, I see both sides of it. Even though I think he should have been used a little bit more. So uh, there was problems with Gates as well, but it's definitely not all on him. If anything, it's more on Darnold, a lot more on Darnold because, and even though Gates was kind of right where. You know, a couple of big plays that were hit would have changed the – could have changed a lot of the game. Like if Donald hits Perriman, which could have been 30, 40 yards. If he hits Crowder streaking up the sideline, that could have been 50 yards. You know, and then you're looking at a game where you might have scored 17 to 20 
maybe to 23 legitimate points on the Bills because, you know, really they scored 10 points, but, you know, that last drive is complete garbage time. So, and one of those is a big screen, but maybe you put up, you know, legitimate two, three, four drives and doing that versus defense that is clearly one of the best in the NFL. It could have been a very different game uh, for the offense. Obviously the defense was complete trash as well. So you can't really, you know, he doesn't coach the defense. That's a little bit different. So I agree with what he said, but you don't say that as a, as a leader, obviously we can get into that later, but he was, he's a complete douche. Let's just be honest. And I don't think he's the right leader for this team. Um, other than that, I think you asked for the playmakers. The playmakers didn't make as many plays as they should have, so I heard him as well. It was a combination of not great play calling, but not terrible. Donald having a, one of the worst games of his career, uh, and the playmakers not necessarily making plays. You know, the Herndon throw was low, but there's a safety driving down it, so Donald had to put it low. He just put it a little bit too low. Uh, Crowder, you know, missed a, a catch over the middle. That was a nice play from Donald stepping up in the pocket, uh, you know, putting on a rope right into. Uh, Crowder's chest and he dropped it so uh, it was a combination of a lot of things but I'm going to say you know 75-80% of it was on Donald Play like a jet Play like a jet So the play calling was bad, the playmakers were bad, the quarterback was especially bad but the good news is the offensive line was okay wasn't great but it was okay I thought Mekhi Becton played pretty well George Fant, who I wasn't the biggest fan of signing from Seattle came in and I thought played pretty well Connor McGovern seemed fine the guards were a little shaky I didn't love how they blocked in the run game didn't seem to get much push but in pass protection while it wasn't great again it was okay which is all we really realistically could have asked for based on what we had seen last year and with all the turnover and the short time that they had together in training camp and no pre season so tell me what you saw when you looked at the film what we saw on Sunday before looking back at the all 22s was that accurate was Becton as good as people thought he was did Fant hold up as well as we thought he did and were they actually decent in pass protection overall yeah maybe I should pound my chest a little bit for the Fant thing uh even though it's only (laughs) after one game so that'd be kind of foolish but that was one signing I thought that people were a little bit too down on but I, I saw some of the positives in Seattle that he clearly displayed um, versus uh, the, the Bills. Now, for expectations, like everything's relative to expectations. So if you expected them to be the Cowboys of a couple of years, then yeah, you're probably disappointed. But coming into the season with that no continuity, everybody said they were going to really pretty much just suck the couple, the first couple of weeks, no matter what, because of that lack of continuity, the no preseason games, um, that no real game time reps to, to get to know each other. Um, Call of Duty doesn't factor into that. I don't care how much they play Call of Duty together. It doesn't mean anything on the football field, really. So um, for expectations or relative to expectations, you have to be ecstatic with the offensive line playing against one of the best defensive fronts um, in in the NFL. Now, yeah, there were some issues. um, And, you know, some of the plays, too, were just like really good play calls. Like the one one play where Le'Veon Bell, I forget if it's like mid-outside zone to the right side, um, the play got blown up, but it was a really, it's a really hard uh, play or blitz call to defend against as a zone team when guys are, are exchanging multiple gaps where um, you have to rely on the guy next to you to pick up that stunter. It, it's kind of, it, it's hard to explain, but they, the Bills called a really perfect play um, with gap exchanges on that on that zone play. So it would have been really hard to pick up. Now, Greg Vinvert didn't pick it up, so it looked really, really bad. Um, but because he had somebody to his left, he kind of had to worry about him first. And then as the as the uh, the three tech, I believe the three tech crossed, uh, or no, as the five tech crossed the uh, Fant's face, Fant passed it off to uh, Van Roten. But because Van Roten had to worry about the guy to his left, it, it kind of put him in a bind where he couldn't really do 
either way, he's kind of going to be wrong because there's the perfect play call. Um, and the run got blown up. So it looked really bad, but it wasn't as bad as people think it was because there's just a perfect play call. And that happens where if you call the perfect play, and this is why coaching is important, um, your, guy, your guys are going to get beat no matter what because of, you know, your design versus their design. Again, that's why coaching is important. So um, the offensive line, like I said, even though they weren't road raiders in the offensive line, there was definitely some holes that they, that, that they were opening. Um, there was a play where, you know, they run duo to the left side and, and Beckton moves his guy as Beckton does. Uh, Perryman is he's a tighter he's a tighter split he inserts himself into the C gap and couldn't you know hold his block and then Gore gets tackled but the offensive line all did a really good job so there was definitely some some holes um, they weren't getting stuffed two three four yards into the backfield every single run like it was last year now they had a run or two like that because of like you know what I said before the play call versus the, the, the offensive play call um, but overall, I was encouraged, even even in the run game, I thought there were some holes um, that Gore or Bell missed. There was a play that was a mid-zone to the left where Bell cut it back, where if he was reading half that he should have, um, there could have been a four or five, six-yard game where he cut it back too early, try to bounce it. And again, that could be because of the expectations of the offensive line last year, where he actually missed a gap on the play side. So I think the offensive line in the run blocking game was, was better than some probably think it was. And again, this is relative to expectations. They, they, they're not uh, you know, they're not the New Orleans Saints or anything like that. But again, going from 31st to let's say, you know, where I predicted them to be this year around around 21, 22 is a huge step in the right direction. And I think they, they showed signs of that even in the run game. And in the past game, they were solid. Uh, Fant got pushed back a couple of times versus, versus bull rushes. But overall, he was definitely solid. You didn't really see him too much, which is a positive for offensive linemen for the most part. Um, so he, he gets a thumbs up for his first game as a Jet. Um, Beckton, like that's the big. That has to be the biggest positive from this game. Going against, you know, a, a, a stout defensive front with the Bills. You know, going against Mario Addison, going against guys like Jerry Hughes, who's a good pass rusher. And your first NFL game with one, not a lot of you know studs to go against in training camp. It's not like he's going against Bosa and all these guys that are Rick Armstead in, in training camp. Um, and in your first game, no preseason, limited camp. To do as well as he did, I thought was a huge positive. Picking up stunts, picking up ET stunts, picking up TE, ET, whatever it might have been, um, looking pretty good. Now, there's some things, and I said it on the film review, and I made sure to preface it by saying, listen, I'm not killing the kid. I'm just saying some of these things he needs to, he needs to fix. There were some, some pass set angles he needed to fix. There was times where he was opening his hips up too early. There was times, and a lot of the times, where he was punching too high with his, with his, with his punch too narrow, which, against good pass rushers, are going to forklift your arms upwards. Um, and they're going to, you know, get into your chest. And even if they don't do that, when you're punching too high, it reduces the effective surface area that you're punching. Obviously, when you're punching towards the shoulders. It's not going to be as effective as punching somebody in the chest because you're controlling more of their body. And if you are punching towards the shoulder pads, that has a tendency to slip over the shoulder, and now you're going to be holding and not really um, affecting them in any real effective way. So he needs to fix some things like that. But overall, for his first game, and again, I'm not a pro football focus guy, but I know people are, are out there, to be the highest rated rookie offensive player um, in the league that game is obviously a, a positive um, moving guys, throwing guys to the ground. You know, he got caught for a holding, he, he let up a coverage sack, but um, overall, like I said, tossing guys, the, uh, the one play that was, you know, the down block, which wasn't really a down block every, so I won't call out names, but if you know, I'm talking about the down block, it actually wasn't a down block. It was a zone block that he was trying to get in front of the guy with, with positional leverage. So the guy was inside of him. And he wanted to get his hat inside of his the defender's hat, but he wasn't able to do so just based on alignment. So instead of getting positional leverage, he got physical leverage, he got under the guy. And instead of getting in front of him horizontally, he just pushed him vertically, uh, kept running him through the play, 
threw him to the ground as we're you know we're used to seeing Beckton play. So, uh, or uh, as we're used to seeing Beckton do. So he had a extremely encouraging game uh, in his first game. Obviously, to see now how he does against the pass rushers that he's about to face the next couple of weeks with you know, Justin Houston and Bradley Chubb and uh, you know Nick Bosa, all these guys. So he's a big test, but his first game was ridiculously encouraging. Uh, McGovern, I thought, played okay. Um, there's a lot more kind of cohesiveness that comes with center versus the tackles. So he needs to pick up some things better um, along with his left guard and right guard to the, to the left and to the right of him. So um, I thought he played okay. Uh, Lewis was, was, you know, I think, I think Lewis and, and Ben Roten are the guys who are going to be here in the future. I, I think at left tackle, right tackle center, that's what you really want to evaluate because I think these are guys who can be here for three, four years where I think Lewis and Van Roten will be replaced pretty quickly. I'm hoping one of those guys, you know, being replaced by uh, Cameron Clark would be a huge thing for the Jets offensive line, but they were below average, but they weren't brutal. So that's the most you can ask for at this point, or that's what, you know, for especially for the first game. So overall, the offensive line was, was pretty damn encouraging, and it was different last year, even when they were getting beat. Uh, it, it was one guy, not, not three guys, you know, so Darnold was able to step up away for, from it, uh, roll out of the pocket away from it, where last year, yeah, guys winning around the edge, squeezing the pocket, and guys pushing the pocket. So Sam Darnold really had nowhere to go. Um, where this time, you know, he could roll out, he could step up, he could avoid it because again, it was less guys getting beat. So um, I thought the offensive line was the biggest, the biggest positive of this game, especially like I said, relative to expectations. Um, and I said it before the game. You know, I think the Jets upgraded a lot of these positions individually, but the offensive line is a lot about cohesion, a lot about knowing what the guy is going to do next to you, and they don't have that. So I thought they were going to struggle um, more than they did the first game. And they could struggle next game. They're playing a better defensive front the next game. But uh, if they keep building on their week one performance, uh, you have to be extremely encouraged at the offensive line. So the Jets' 2018 first-round pick, Sam Darnold, did not do very well in week one. Their 2020 first-round pick, Mekhi Becton, did do very well in week one. But what about... Their 2019 first-round pick, Quinnen Williams. Well, unfortunately, not quite the disaster that Darnold was, but he didn't seem to flash the way that we were hoping for. We'd heard about how well he played in camp and how he was leaner and more muscular and quicker, but unfortunately in this game against the Bills, he didn't really seem to have that kind of flash and fire to his game. The entire defense really struggled, except for Marcus May and Bless Austin, or at least... That's what I saw when I watched the game. Going back on the All-22s, what happened here? Because the Jets had to know that Allen was going to run a lot. They had to know that they had to contain him and get some pressure on him. They didn't contain him. They didn't get any pressure on him. They gave him all day to throw. And it seemed like the defensive line dropped the ball a lot. Didn't expect a ton from the edge rushers because they're not that talented in that area. But they still didn't do very much. The only bright spots I thought, again, were May, who had an outstanding game and almost looked like Jamal Adams out there, and Bless Austin, who I thought did pretty well in coverage. What did you see when you watched the tape? Is that more or less how you saw it when you looked at everything? Yeah, it, the Bills didn't really do anything crazy. It was a lot of you know the Jets playing too soft in cover two um, and getting beat by hitches and drag. Well, not really drags, but a lot, of, a lot of hitches, a lot of shorter routes because um, the corners, and this is the problem with Greg Williams, and I've criticized him for this in the past. You can't have your corners playing off, you know, ten yards off on third and three. How many times did it seem like they were just running a hitch, and and Josh Allen was hitting it? And it was his only read. Like they knew 
how to beat the Jets' soft coverage. And Greg Williams clearly doesn't have a lot of faith in his guy in man. And they run, they ran cover two, Tampa two, with some different looks. Uh, obviously, with with most linebackers in that Tampa role, and then with uh, Brian Poole in that Tampa role, which people don't really realize he did a lot last year as well. So they mixed it up a little bit with their coverage two, or their, their cover two looks, but. Um, it was just too much cover too. Is too playing is too much playing soft, and the Bills just kept gashing, gashing the Jets for a short yardage, um, relying on some yak because the Jets couldn't tackle, um, and they just consistently drove down the field. I think the Jets, or the Bills, could have you know nearly put up a, a fifty burger on the Jets if they just didn't give up at the end of the game. Um, not not give up, but they were trying to run the clock, and they didn't really care at that point. And obviously, the defense was bailed out by two missed field goals and two Josh Allen fumbles, I believe, in Jets ter- – I knew it was in Jets territory. I think both of them were in the red zone. Um, so they were bailed out by that. So the defense got shredded. It's just – you saw the lack of talent at, at corner. This year was ridiculously disappointing. And then I heard a couple of people who I don't necessarily speak to were saying, oh, well, and Comp plays like Morris Claiborne. I'm like, ah, yes. <laughs> like, he just gets beat short but not deep. That's just, that's just what he does. Um, that's why I wasn't very high on that signing. Um, pool got beat. Like there was really good play design by by the offensive coordinator uh, from from the Bills. Like there was one play where you know uh, they were they were actually in man coverage and uh, there there was a motion like an orbit motion from the Bills. And now when you have motion, everybody kind of shifts over one. So now you know let's say you know Bus Austin on the outside now shifts to the slot receiver, and then the slot receiver shifts to the guy who's motioning because he has to follow that guy. Like there's there's rules that come with it. And I think it was Brian Poole who was following over the motion. And then halfway through the motion, the orbit motion, which is like behind the quarterback, they stop the motion. And then you have uh, Brian Poole who's running across the formation to try to stay up with the motion in the first place. And then the guy just stops his motion and continues to the side he already came from. They throw a, you know, a route right into the flat and, and Poole's now working through traffic and they pick up like an easy 10 yards. Like it was a lot of good play designing by the Bills. Um, obviously with Josh Allen, you know, scrambling and a lot of design quarterback runs that puts more, that's more that's more on the linebackers than as the defensive line because it's more um, to the outside. It's more designed to block the you know get double teams and things like that on the first level against the defensive line. So that you're really relying on your linebackers and the Jets linebackers. Like they they have some guys who have some talent. You have you know you have Phillips, you have Fashion who was uh, impressive last year. You have Jordan Jenkins, but they're all so damn unathletic and slow. So when you when you have blocks and you have to bend corners and you have to you know dive and change direction quickly and and shuffle laterally and all this stuff to contain Josh Allen, they're just too slow to do it. So even though they may have some talent, they're just not very good um, in terms of keeping up with, with mobile quarterbacks. So the Jets are going to struggle versus like guys like Josh Allen twice a year. They're going to struggle versus Kyler Murray. That's why I picked them to lose that game when they play the Cardinals because I don't see how they're going to contain him. The 49ers clearly had a really rough go of it um, in, in week one. So the Jets linebackers are obviously – Super unathletic, let's be honest, even they signing Alex Ogletree, who was ridiculously unathletic too. And the Jets are having the same problem that they, they did last year, the linebackers. You didn't have Mosley. You didn't have Williamson. Cashman got hurt on the first Buffalo Bills um, drive. You have Peanut, who's hurt. You know, So now you're down to, to Hewitt, who is not good in coverage and is also slow in his own right. So who do you really have there? I'm kind of surprised they haven't signed Burgess back, to be completely honest, because they have nobody there. You have Lange, who's also unathletic and pretty slow. So they just they, they their linebackers were tested and they didn't play well. They they were targeted over the middle. Um, There's a lot of spot dropping from the defense, which you want to see more pattern matching. You want to see guys reading two. You want to see guys reading two to one, one to two, et cetera. Um, staying with guys in their zone coverage and the Jets linebackers just didn't do that. They were spot dropping, staying in their five by five yard of grass 
and just they're covering grass. And you hear that in the NFL, it's not a good thing to do. You do not want to cover grass, and that's exactly what they were doing. Josh Allen touched down to, I believe, it was Singletary, who just leaks out of the backfield, just runs a quick, uh, you know, a hitch stop route over the middle, and he's just sitting there wide open. And Josh Allen could have hit him even earlier than he did. And you had like Basham and Hewitt literally standing five yards between, you know, right next to him, both, both, both sides. None of them collapsed on, on the route. They were just sitting there right next to him. Like he could have easily rifled the ball and they, they sat next to him and saw him there. It's not like they didn't see him there. They just like, Oh, well I'm in my, I'm on my spot. It's fine. Nobody, nobody, nobody matched him. And then Josh Allen took to scramble out to the right and both guys, they, they just completely leave their zones. And then Josh Allen just floats over for five yard easy touchdown. You have miscommunications, right? I believe it was Brian Poole. Um, didn't pick up his 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 man, and you have you have John Brown who's shrieking across the back end of uh, the back uh, back line of the end zone, and Josh Allen pulls a Josh Allen and throws it 15 yards over his head. So it's not even like Josh Allen did anything that was impressive, minus with his legs. Like I I, I applaud him for making you know quick reads and and, and hitting five yard hitches and and flat routes that the coordinator designed for him, but they didn't do anything that was crazy. The Jets defense is just. It's just bad. They don't. They don't have any diff, like real diff, different uh, like playmakers. Like they don't. Marcus made it fine, but you know he he got the, the one sack was pretty nice, but the one was completely designed where he ran free off the edge. There was another sack where he completely missed Josh Allen. So yeah, Marcus May played okay. Like he played good, but he he, he wasn't like oh my god, he's Jamal Adams. That's not the case. Jamal Adams blocked three guys and stuff a run where where Marcus May was kind of by design a little bit. So yeah, like yeah, he gets a thumbs up, but. Let's let's not let's let's not overhype Marcus May. He was he's definitely solid. Bless Austin played solid too. Like I think relative this is again another thing relative to expectations because he's a sixth round pick, was injured. Now he's the Jets' best corner on the team. Um, maybe you know maybe minus uh, Brian Poole. So yeah, he played well, but he also missed two or three tackles. He he made a few too where he hit some guys, but then there was also some plays that he didn't necessarily make that that he should have made. There was a play where. Um, Diggs was his only threat in cover two. He passes he passes Diggs off to the safety and the middle linebacker like he should have, but then his eyes never really left the quarterback, and he kind of kept gaining depth. And it was kind of – I don't know if he was concerned about Diggs or just continuing to gain depth because he didn't see the running back leaking out of the backfield. The running back leaks out of the backfield after play action, and they hit the running back for seven, eight yards, when in, in reality you want Bless Austin to pass off that route from the number one, which is now Marcus May's job at that point in the play get his eyes back to um, any threat that could be coming from, you know, the backfield instead of staring at Josh Allen and, and match that. But he, his eyes were on the quarterback too long. and didn't see it. And then he let up, you know, eight, nine yards on a play that he should have completely shut down. So he played, he played good, but again, relative to expectations, he wasn't a lockdown number one corner. There was definitely some plays um, that he didn't make that he should have made some tackles he missed. So again, like, I'm not here to, this is hopefully why I'm on the show. I'm not here to, to just blow smoke up people's asses. Everybody else is like Marcus May, plus Austin played good. They didn't play great. And in, in my opinion, um, Marcus May needed to make that sack. Like he's, he's running in, doesn't break down and just completely whiffs on Josh Allen. Like almost, he doesn't get two hand touches on him. Like he, he gets one hand barely on Josh Allen. Like you need to make that play. So um, there's also a pick that May should have had, which was a great play that he made where Diggs is running into his zone and, he does a really good job. It was like a dyno post. So he's going to break to the outside and the inside. And May does a really good job of not um, reacting to the, to the fake to the outside and stays over top of it, jumps the route, and gets his hands on the ball. So great play by him. But guess what? At the same time, you need to make that pick. Like if you want to be that guy for the defense, which he kind of is now, 
um, you need to make that pick. You need to make that sack. So there was plays he missed that he should have made, in my opinion. So good, but not great. Bless Austin, good. Again, relative expectations, but not great. Um, everybody else, you know, wasn't wasn't good. Uh, I think Fado Kasi, you know, Basham, they they all had some flashes. Uh, Shepard had a flash or two, but they they're the problem with their team is they're built for 1980. You know, let's let's be honest, their defensive line is great at stopping the run, but when you ask for a pass rush, they're they're non-existent. The linebackers can can stop the run in the middle, but when you ask them to move in space, they they can't do it. They can't cover. So. Um, they're good against the run, but they need a lot of building to do on the de- on the defense. Uh, Jordan Jenkins didn't really make any any impact. He had like one tackle for loss on Josh Allen, but I would say overall, even though he's a disciplined linebacker, he actually struggles against read option. We saw it a couple of times um, this game where he he got kind of stuck in the middle and didn't make a play on either of the running back or the quarterback. So uh, really, nobody from the front seven played great. Like I said, Father Kosky had a couple of nice plays. Shepard, Basham, um, and then Quinn and Williams. Uh, so he's 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 an interesting spot. One, and, and this is again being completely honest with film. I'm not here to lie to anything. I'm sure people are like, oh, what the hell? And clicked off because I, I didn't blow smoke up Marcus May's uh, Marcus May's ass. But Quinton Williams was double teamed a lot. There was he, he was still stunting a lot, which I don't like him in that role. I don't I don't like him stunting and having to loop and having to be the picker on some plays. I want to see him in a more aggressive defense where it's single gapping and just shoot your gap, where he's having to think too much. And, and, and move too much, um, in, in my opinion. He was still used that way in, in this game, so I didn't like how he was used. They were running away from They were a lot of double teams on him. But at the same time, listen, it's year two. You're the third overall pick. you got to beat double teams. you, you got to make plays where it still just looks like he's thinking too much and he's just not letting his, his, his technique just win for him. Like, there's still too much leaning into his hands. Um, there's, there's still too many times where he's taking him a full man where – you want to start, you know, splitting guys. You want to work against either the left side or the right side of their body. You don't, you don't want to work against both arms. You want to kind of work against the one side of the body that takes it away. They affect this other one arm, so you don't got to worry about, like I said, half that body. Like, obviously, you know, not to be whatever here, but if you had to fight somebody, would you rather fight somebody who has one arm or two arms, you know? So, and, and he's not he's not fighting that person with one arm um, based on how he's, he's reacting to blocking schemes and, and, and things like that and, and defeating hands. He's kind of just leaning into his hands. You see him on his face a lot because he's leaning too hard into his hands. He's not just letting his 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 technique take over. Um, I'm not, you know, let's, am I as confident in his cue as I was the day one of these drafted? I would be lying if I said I was. Um, I don't know why he's not having his, and the thing about Alabama and why I was so high on him, his tape and his technique in Alabama was elite. It was elite. He he was an elite player at Alabama. You can watch. I still have film reviews on it. Um, so I'm not sure why it's not translating. Um, now there are times, like I said, that he is double teamed. There are there is times where he's being he's being asked to to loop and things like that, which I don't want him used. So I, in a different defense where it's a lot more, you know, single gap penetrating, I think he would be better there. He'd be he would be making a bigger impact. But Greg Williams, because of the Jets' lack of talent overall. And this goes this goes without saying for everybody. Obviously, being on a better defensive line helps you more. But him being on a bad on a bad pass rushing defensive line and, and and front seven is really limiting him because Greg Williams is having to to use so much movement on stunts and gap exchanges and twists that he's not allowed to just go one on one with guys where I think he could start to win. Um, where he's being asked to think way too much and move too much laterally and, and not just penetrate gaps. So. Uh, he's an interesting case. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm hoping to see him uh, keep developing and, and taking steps in the right direction. Obviously, he's young. 
Um, I, I spoke about Greg Williams' defense and why he's not necessarily the best fit in what he's being asked to do. But at the same time, like I said, you're the third overall pick. you got to make some plays. So hopefully it takes steps in the right direction. Again, this could be not, not having uh, preseason, train, like a lot of training camp, et cetera. So I don't want to overreact to one game, but he needs to have more of an impact than he did. So um, he definitely has to thumb down, uh, a thumbs down for this game, as does most, most of the defense. You know, minus, like I said, maybe Fado Kasi and then May and Austin who had – you know, decent games, but not great games. Even even McDougal, like there were just a lot of blown defenses from this game. You know, John Brown running um, back in the end zone every time it was it was second and twelve or second and fifteen. They would let up ten yards. Now it's third and five. They would pick it up, or if they did stop the Bills on on third and five from the five yard line, there was a penalty on the Sear where you know, the Sear was opening his hips up too soon, and then obviously he had a grab because he didn't expect a cut. Um, so there was penalties. There was blown plays. There was there was everything. But McDougal. There was a play where Cole Beasley, if he was led by Josh Allen, who was inaccurate on the throw, it, it, he would have been shrieking for a 65-yard touchdown because McDougal opened his hips up and was reading Josh Allen but never saw the threat that he was supposed to match over the middle. So he, he, he could have blown a play for a 65-yard touchdown. That would have been more negative um, against him. So I'm more, again, process first results. He would have let up a 65-yard touchdown um, if the play was hit correctly because Josh Allen uh, – can't really throw the ball with great accuracy. Uh, it was a 30-yard game, and nobody really talked about it. You know, if John Brown was hit, now it's now it's Brian Poole's fault because he he left his guy. At least that's I'm 99% sure that was his guy uh, streaking across the field. So you know, just because it didn't happen doesn't make it not as bad of a play for them. I don't I don't agree with that with that mindset. So the defense was terrible. They from many aspects. Nine of the 11 guys, eight of the 11 guys were absolutely dreadful. Um, for the most part, unless you can have a great game. But if you let up a 65-yard touchdown on one play, it's not good enough. Uh, you can't do that in the NFL. So they let up or could have let up easily 50 points to a Buffalo's Bills offense. That is, you know, good, decent offensive coordinator, some decent weapons, but they're not the Chiefs. So what can happen when you play the Chiefs? You know, it's, it's concerning. The defense was bad. You know, the, the Jets having to, you know, or in these last couple of weeks of the, of the 2019 season, going against teams like the Steelers with Duck Hodges or whoever the hell they're playing quarterback, the Buffalo Bills backups, the Miami Dolphins, the, 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 the Bengals, the people were hyping up the secondary and that, you know, that, that six and two finish, but they were playing trash teams. Let's be honest. It just is what it is. Oh, well, we can't look at the schedule. I, I get that to a certain extent, but you can't expect the Seattle Seahawks and all these teams to be bad that you're going to play. Like you have to kind of factor that in a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a concern because the defense does not have a lot of top gun talent and they're not built for, for 2020. Again, they're built to, to play the 1985 Bears and, and things like that, you know, stuffing the run. So need, they need a lot of work. Um, I don't think they'll blow as many coverages as they did. I think Greg Williams is a, a solid defensive coordinator. I'm not as high as on, on him as some other people are. Where people talk about him like he's the best defensive coordinator in the league. And I will give him props for what he did last year, but, He's been on like 40,000 different teams. Like there's a reason he bounces around. He's good. He's not great. So um, the defense really, really struggled. Partly of Greg Williams' fault, partly of the talent's fault. There was, a lot, it was, there was a lot of problems. Between how poorly the Jets played and the fact that you had to wait so long for the All-22 to come out, a rough week for you, Joe, and a rough week for Jets fans as well. I would say that if you're a Jets fan and you're thinking of betting on this game over at my bookie, your best course of action right now would be to bet on the 49ers, especially now that we know Jamison Crowder is going to be out. If you head over to my bookie right now, use the promo code OVERTIME, you get up to 1000 bucks in free play. 
and you can double your first deposit. Football season is here, so make sure that you're winning with the pros. Head over to MyBookie right now. Use the promo code OVERTIME. If I were you, like I said, I'd probably bet on the 49ers. And then there are a lot of props. I might bet on Raheem Mostert to have a big day because, as Joe was talking about, a lot of speed there that the Jets are going to have trouble containing. It's all at MyBookie right now with the promo code OVERTIME. Joe Blewett, the host of Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com. That's why we call this XNO Quickets because, as Joe said, three-hour show with all the video breaking down over 70 plays it's available only to jets x factor subscribers right joe uh well so with the videos it goes it goes half of the video on youtube uh to the non-subscribers so if you are not a subscriber you can see half of the video you can listen to the audio of the second half but the screen kind of uh glosses over with our with our logo so you can't see it but you can always hear it so you don't have to subscribe to see the full thing but if you want to see the full thing uh yeah you have to subscribe you know six six dollars a month I, I believe it is now so with the first month being free um, but yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> this is, like you said, it's why it's actually the quick hits. I want to break down a lot of the plays and, and show people, uh, what they're not seeing or show people what it actually is versus what they think they're seeing. So, um, you know, it, it, it was a grind, especially this week. Like I said, with this film coming out on Thursday, getting a show out on Thursday was pretty brutal, but, uh, hopefully both the film comes out a little bit earlier and hopefully it's a lot better of a product because watching wins and good play versus watching what happened on Sunday. Uh, it's a lot bigger of a difference for, for me and I'm sure everybody watching and listening. Go ahead and follow Joe on Twitter at JoeRB31. And as he said, your first month is free over at JetsXFactor.com. So if you want to sample it, get what Joe's doing, Robbie Sabo, Michael Nania, a lot of great stuff over there if you're a Jets fan. I think they're doing some of the best work there is out there. Check it out at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.